Welcome to the Finding Clarity Podcast, featuring Dr. George Cannon. This podcast is a ministry of the Kerwinsville Christian Church. Finding Clarity seeks to answer your questions about Christianity. Here's George as he looks at this week's question. Welcome to the Finding Clarity Podcast. This is George Cannon, and you are listening to Episode 82. The Finding Clarity Podcast is a podcast ministry of the Kerwinsville Christian Church where we seek to answer questions that you might have about Christianity and the Christian life. So each week we put together a podcast where we seek to answer the questions that you are considering maybe for your own life or maybe that you've been asked about and you really don't know how to find the answer. And typically, you know, you listen in church to a message, you're a part of Sunday school, listening there, even maybe a part of a Bible study, but they're not answering the specific questions that you might be having or that you might be facing. So each week we try to put together a little bit of a podcast where we answer one question each week to give you some answers. And so today's question is actually a question that all of us face, if you're a believer and a follower of Jesus Christ, as you're trying to live your life for him and doing what he calls you to do through his word, you're going to be faced with this particular question because oftentimes when you live your life for Jesus, you find yourself defeated by one thing in your life, and that's your sin you find yourself defeated by sin on a continual basis. And here you are, you're trying to live your life for Jesus, and you're wondering, how can you stop? In fact, that's what our question is. Is it possible to stop sinning? Is it possible to stop sinning? So we're going to look at that question today because it's very relevant. I know that there are Christians out there, there are Christian groups out there that say it is possible for you to stop sinning, but the question is, does the Bible teach that? And so here's what we're going to do today, folks. We're going to look at, first of all, the issue of sin. Oftentimes when we think of sin, we think of sins that we willfully commit, but what does the Bible teach about that? What does it express concerning the issue of sin, period? And then we're going to look at the testimony of the Apostle Paul. Did he come to a place of where he stopped sinning? We're going to see that. Then we're going to look at God's provision. We're going to see that as we live this life, as we try to stop sinning, you and I are going to fail. And so therefore, what's God's provision in those times of failure? And and then we're going to see, well, okay, we're... The question is, does it really matter then that I stop sinning? Why not just continue on and do what I want to do? And we're going to look and see what the Apostle Paul says about that. So let's begin. Let's look at this together. So let's talk about the issue of sin. The fact of the matter is, is we are sinful creatures. We were born in sin. Our sin came to us because of the sin of Adam in the garden. So every human being who's born, except for Jesus, was born sinful. Now, you and I have a bent towards sin, we're going to sin, but yet when you and I think of sin, we only think of the sins that we have done willfully, intentionally. 
And that is right. You and I do sin willfully and intentionally. But when the Bible talks about sin, it also talks about other sins that we commit. What do you mean other sins that we commit? Well, there are the sins of ignorance. See, you and I sin in such a way all the time that we don't even know that we're sinning. They are called the sins of ignorance. They're the ones that are unintentional when we sin. In fact, when you look at the Old Testament law, you'll see that most of the sacrifices there were for unintentional sins. The intentional sins deserved death. We see that in the Old Testament law. But there's also the sins of omission. What do you mean? Well, here you are. You're trying to live according to God's laws, and you're trying to live according to what he says, but sometimes you don't get it right, and you're trying to live according to his laws. Sometimes you omit doing what he tells you to do. Those are sins of omission. All right, so that's just from that standpoint. So we're talking about sin. We're talking about that it's reflected in my intentional and willful sin, We also see in the scripture that it reflects the sin that I do out of ignorance, that I do unintentionally, that I do without even knowing. But then we also see that there are sins where I omit doing something that God told me to do. So the reality is, is you and I live in a constant state of being bent towards sin. Now the question comes, is it possible to stop sinning? Is it possible? Because maybe you've heard the testimony of someone who says that they have stopped sinning. Now, of course, they would say they make mistakes. Isn't that interesting? But they could, quote, stop sinning. Now, I'm going to tell you that that's not reflected in the scripture. How do I know that? Well, let's look at what the Apostle Paul says in Romans chapter 7. Here's what he says. He says in verse 14, For we know that the law is spiritual, and I am carnal, sold under sin. For what I am doing I do not understand. For what I will to do, that I do not practice. But what I hate, that I do. If then I do what I will not to do, I agree with the law, that it is good. But now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. For I know that in me, that is, in my flesh, nothing good dwells. For to will is present with me, but how to perform what is good I do not find. The good thing that I will to do, I do not do. But the evil that I will not to do, that I practice. Now, if I do what I will not to do, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. I find a law. That is evil, present with me, the one who wills to do good. All right, so what's he saying here? He's saying he's recognizing in his life that he has a desire to do what's right. He has a desire to stop sinning. He has a desire to live for the Lord, to do what's right. Yet, the very thing that he wants to do, which is good, he finds that he doesn't do it. Rather, he finds that he sees within him something that is constantly gravitating towards sin and that he does the sin. So that which he wants to do, he doesn't do. That which he doesn't want to do, that he hates, he ends up doing it. In fact, here's what his testimony is at the end 
of chapter 7, and I think it's very interesting. Here's what he says. Oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? So he realizes, man, I am in a no-win situation here because I want to live in such a way where I stop sinning, where I don't sin, but I can't. I continue to sin. God, who can save me from this ongoing struggle and battle that's in me? Well, the answer is, very next verse, I thank God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. There is the answer. The answer is, is that Jesus is our provision when we're faced in this struggle. So that brings us now to the issue of his provision. So we want to go over to what the Apostle John says in 1 John chapter 2. The Apostle John writing... In 1 John chapter 2 says this, and I think this is very interesting. Notice what he says. My little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. All right, let's stop for a moment. He's writing these things about Jesus so that we stop sinning. Okay, so the emphasis of the scripture, especially the New Testament, is, is that you and I need to stop sinning. So he's writing this so that you and I stop sinning. Well, you say, okay, well, George, I understand that. I need to stop sinning. But like the Apostle Paul, I'm struggling. And the thing that I don't want to do, I do. What's going on here? Well, listen to what he says further. He says, my little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. Now, here's what he says. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the Righteous. And he himself is the propitiation for our sins. And not for ours only, but also for the whole world. Okay, so what's he saying here? He's telling you, you and I, we need to hear what he's saying and stop sinning. However, if we do sin, and the reality is, folks, that is a reality. You are going to sin. So if we do sin, he's saying you have an advocate. Now, the closest thing we have to an advocate for you and I is a lawyer. We have somebody who stands for us, who's advocating for us before God the Father. And that's who? Jesus Christ. Now, here's what it also says about Jesus Christ so you understand that you're in a good place because he is the propitiation. That is, he is the atoning sacrifice. He is the wrath satisfier of God because he died on the cross for you and I. So what we see there is that God has made a provision for you and I because as we're trying to not sin in our life because he calls us to not sin, he's made the provision for forgiveness through Jesus Christ because he knows that you're going to sin. Okay, well, that raises a mighty question now because it's like, okay, well, wait a minute, George, half of my struggle, in fact, I would say more, most of my struggle in the Christian life is, is I'm trying to deal with these things that are bringing me down. I'm trying to deal with the sins that so easily ensnare me, as the writer of Hebrews would say. I'm trying to deal with this, but What's the use? Why even bother? Because, you know, to be honest with you, if we have the provision from God that he has forgiven us, why don't we just go ahead and do what we're going to do? I mean, why don't we, why don't we live in defeat? Why not just continue in the sin 
that so easily ensnares us. Why not just go ahead and do it? Because we know we're forgiven. Well, let's go back to what the Apostle Paul says. Actually, if we go back one chapter in Romans to chapter 6, he starts off with that whole issue. He's answering a rhetorical question where somebody asks that very question. Look at what he says. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? So there's the question. Hey, why don't we just go ahead and sin? Because there's grace. There's forgiveness. There's mercy. Let's just go ahead. Now look at what he says very strongly, certainly not. How shall we, how shall we who die to sin live any longer in it? And then he goes on to explain the spiritual reality of what's going on with us. Or do you not know that as many of us were baptized into Christ, were baptized into his death? Therefore, we are buried with him through the baptism of death, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of God. Even so, we should walk in newness of life. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away, done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin." The power of sin doesn't have power over you, and you don't go and just do it for grace and forgiveness. You continue to strive to do what he says, like the writer of Hebrews. Let us lay aside the sin that so easily ensnares us. The testimony of the New Testament over and over is stop sinning. But reality is, folks, you're going to sin. And when that reality happens, there is forgiveness. All right, so let's get back to the question. Is it possible to stop sinning? Well, while we're here, until Jesus comes back, the answer is no. But one day, when we go to be with Jesus, whether he comes for us in the rapture, or we go to be with him in death, at that point, when you receive your new body, you'll have the ability to no longer sin. That's what we have to look forward to. Finding clarity is really an opportunity to try to answer questions that you and I struggle with daily, weekly, and try to wrestle with them and find biblical answers to answer those that you are facing or maybe somebody has asked you and you don't know how to reply to. You can keep up with the Finding Clarity podcast through several means. You can go to our church website, kerbinsvillechristian.org. Simply click on the media link. You'll see the links there for the Finding Clarity podcast. Simply go there, check out what we've already answered in the past, and we would encourage you to keep up occasionally by going to the site and checking out what's there. You can also use Facebook. If you are a Facebook user, you can go to facebook.com slash Finding Clarity Podcast. We would encourage you to like the page, and therefore you'll receive notices about the upcoming podcast and what questions we'll be looking at there. I would encourage you to use our church app. We have a church app that is available for Android and iOS Apple users you simply need to go to the iOS App Store if you're an iPhone user or to Google Play if you're an Android user. Type in Kerbinsville Christian Church when you're searching for the app and you will locate our church app. 
It's free. We encourage you to download it. You can keep up with the church app there as well, as well as you can keep up with all our other media resources and other things that we have provided there in the app for you. And we would encourage you to do that. Next week, we're going to wrestle with the question that comes out of this whole issue about sin, but it also has to do with the spiritual life and your walking with Christ and living for Christ. And it's something that actually we talked about a lot in years past in the church, but and oftentimes you'll hear it occasionally from a few different speakers or maybe from something that you're reading. What well, we're going to talk about the issue of surrendering to Christ, surrendering to Christ. So here's the question we're going to look at next week. What does it mean to surrender to Christ? What does it mean to surrender to Christ? Until next week, take care.